0: The Three Dads and a Business Book Podcast, brought to you by Three Dads Productions.
1: Coming up on this week's podcast, we review probably one of the most famous business books ever, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Check out if this book is going to work for you. We talk about pizza again, we talk about caravans, we mention the co-op because Twig has been yet again, and also Willy Wonka.
0: The Three Dads and a Business Book Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Three Dads in a Business Book, your fortnightly um, podcast, reviewing business books and telling you what we think of them, basically. Hello, gentlemen. Last
2: time you said bi-weekly.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's exactly why I said fortnightly, because Twitter <laughs> picked
2: me up on it last time. I wasn't going to say anything. I was trying to be nice this week. This week I was going to be nice. I was going to be very complimentary and doing our bi-weekly uh, podcast. But yeah, it was good. <laughs> hope you both well. Nothing wrong with Bi-Weekly. Bi-Weekly, fortnightly
0: podcast that reviews business books in a fun and informative way. That's how I'm going. (laughs) So what have we been been reading? What book was it?
1: Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki.
2: And uh, what did you think of it? I liked it. And it was very thought-provoking. And then I started diving in a little bit more. And I started reading a bit more about it, more about the history of it. And it's a lovely story. But it turns out it's mostly fabricated. I don't know whether you guys have picked up on that as well. It's oh, yeah, really? that, yeah. The, the the only well, the, obviously the, the he had a real dad, but yeah, the the uh, the rich dad is a kind of a, almost a made up situation, made up book, uh, part of the book. So yeah, sorry, just throw that one out there straight away. Boom, right, drop yeah, that,
0: throw that, that right in. at the beginning of the podcast. Right. So anyway, what are we reading next week, everybody? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, what I'm to saying, I, I, I enjoyed the book and I do like the concept of it. I think it kind of simplifies a little bit too much a few things about uh, assets liabilities and and the, the the ways of being a good dad or a poor dad so good dad that's not the one it's rich dad or a poor dad <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting and i think it's probably one of these books again that i need to go back and reread again to uh, to kind of take it in a little bit more and kind of really analyze it i think i probably spent more time i spent a lot of time kind of reading more of the summaries and kind of reviews of the book Mm. Uh, which is good. As I said it's very positive. I said, it's a multi million seller. It's many, many people have read it. Yeah,
1: I think this is the most, probably the most famous book so far that we've done. Mm.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: You, you, you just tell anyone, oh, we're reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the amount of, you know, on social media, the amount of response you get going, oh, that book's amazing. And that book changed my life and this, that, and the other. And it's just sort of like, okay, yeah, okay. We definitely needed to read it then, really, didn't
1: mm. we? Yeah, because I'm quite interested in your LinkedIn post that you put up about it, because that had a lot of comments on it, and a lot of people loving this book. And to be quite frankly,
2: it bored the pants off me. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I thought I was playing the negative one this time. I thought you guys going to be really positive. Right. So I, I no, in there, I'm, to,
0: I'm going into bat again. So, so I tell you what, the question I had for you two, because I've been so looking forward to talking to you guys about this one, is do you associate yourselves as being on the rich dad side of things or the poor dad side of things
1: mindset wise. Cause I think yeah. that's what it, yeah. Cause that, that's what it taps into, didn't it? How your thought process is. Um, I am a bit of both <laughs> to be fair. Um, cause it, you know, there's bits in it like, you know, you can say, Oh no, I can't afford that. And a, a, that'd be the poor dad outlook. And the rich dad would be more like, how can I afford that? Um, but that works in both ways for me. Sometimes I'm, I'm either or. That's what it is
2: i found myself if i'm honest over the last few years since i set up the business five years ago now i have found myself more uh, spending more time in the poor dad camp rather than the rich dad and i think many people do start off that i think it's i can see how you can easily get stuck in that kind of rat race and kind of stuck as poor dad Mm. um whereas i think if you in reality you you can spend time, you can make small changes over time to actually slowly evolve. And I don't think there is necessarily a rich dad or poor dad. I think like Lisa, many of us are kind of a bit of both. Mm. And uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I was quite excited. Sorry, Martin. No, I, was, go on. I, I was quite excited for the start of this because <laughs> there's a little story behind me in this book. You know, I got on with Audible. I think it was episode two when we did Paul McGee. I wasn't really a fan and I stopped me Audible subscription.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> Three toys I, out the pram. That's it. I'm done. Exactly.
1: So, well, I, I like purchased this book through Amazon and when it arrived, I was like, it's it's no bigger than my iPhone. It's, I've, I've bought boxes of matches bigger than this book before. I can't read that. It's tiny. So I went back to Audible again. And then it all started. And obviously, he was an American guy doing this. I love an American accent. I've got no problems with that. Um, and then the the first chapter was like, I just thought it was really good. There's a great story of how he asked his dad how we could get rich. His dad said, you need to make money. And he actually went and actually made money counterfeit. <laughs> I thought, this is a great story. I'm actually quite into this. And then we got to, I think chapter two. And the guy who was doing all the, the, the audio it wasn't Robert doing it. It's someone else doing it who did the audio recording was talking about see diagram one, see diagram two. And I'm looking at my phone thinking, is there a diagram going to pop up in a minute? It was like, at what point when you were recording this audio, mister, did you not realize we can't see diagrams on audible? Oh, really? uh, yeah. Yeah, so it sort of switched me off a bit, and he started talking about taxes, and I thought, okay, I'll leave this to Twigger. See, See I read over.
0: the first chapter, and I went, I'm poor dad. Yeah, I am 100% poor dad. If someone says, you yeah, know, I can't afford that, and the amount of times I've said, oh, I can't afford that, I can't do it, and the only way I know how to make money is to go out, get a job, and work my backside off, frankly. So I sort of sat up a bit at the first chapter and went, okay, I'm going to learn something here. This is going to be quite interesting. And it's kind of, it has changed my attitude towards making money a little bit and not necessarily making money, but spending money. And it's kind of made me assess how I use money or how I work for money and how money doesn't actually work for me at the moment. So I I, I kind of really got something out of it.
2: It actually backed up something as well. I mean, my wife, Probably won't be listening to this, but one of the things that we're looking at doing is is buying a caravan, is buying well another, another caravans, so selling mm. the other one and getting a new one. And that very much is a poor dad mentality because actually a caravan is a kind of a depreciating asset; it's going to go down in value. It's mm. not. I could be putting that money into an investment that would be kind of earning passive income, again coming at it from the this book kind of point of view. I should be putting in that, but what? that caravan is it's more than just a financial asset what it, it doesn't really factor in is this book is the the enjoyment that the, the excitement the, the, the holidays and the kind of the memories that are going to come from buying this caravan and so if you come at it very much from that financial aspect yes this is a terrible idea to buy a caravan and I think if I was just reading this book thinking no right I'm going to pull out I'm not going to buy the caravan my wife's probably listening to this going no we bought the caravan <laughs> but <laughs> It's, yeah, so it does make you think of it. It's not just about the financial side of things that makes you a rich dad or a poor dad.
0: No, and it, I think you're, you're very right in that. It's in, it takes emotion out of, you know, the book does take emotion out of um, that decision-making process, doesn't it? But those, I mean, those diagrams that Lee mentioned about, uh, about on, the, on the Audible version, they, for the first time, for me, kind of helped me understand assets and... Income, not income, obviously I understand income. I definitely understand expenses, but like the assets and the, um uh, what's, I can't even remember what the other column is. Sort liabilities. of liabilities, isn't it? Yeah. So it kind of is that sort of like, oh yeah, okay. So i like, he describes your house as, your house is not an asset. It's a liability because obviously if you lost your job today, it would be a, a millstone around your neck that um, you still have to pay for. But at the same time, yeah, I spoke to my wife about it. She's like, yeah, but at the same time, you could sell the house and get that money back. And, you yeah, know, we've just done up the bathroom and that adds to the, the money. So it's, it is really, it's a very simplified take on how to make money, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and he touches on that that you put it in your LinkedIn post about education at school. Mm. Uh, and I said, oh, I said, yeah, I don't get on my soapbox about this because it really bothers me. The fact that business financials that, that really are important through your life do not get taught at school. Simple things like how to budget for a weekly shopping. You don't you don't learn anything like that until you leave school. Do you know what I mean? And the stuff that I learned at school that I've never used since algebra, X plus this equals this. And, you know, do you know what mean?
2: I mean? My theory.
1: Oh d- yeah, don't even get me on, Saturday. Don't get me on that. Trick. I'll get right ang- irate about it, but it does really bother me. Um, and you know, I I really actually I did actually gel with what he was saying there, and I actually went off the back of this uh, to find on YouTube because he, there is a speech actually he has got on YouTube. It's called "It's the Speech That Broke the Internet." Keep them poor, um, and I urge anybody to watch that. It's literally ten minutes, uh, and it's Robert himself on a ten-minute interview. Um, and you could he could pretty much sums up this book in ten minutes. So I Why really, I say, get on it, listen to that, and t- save yourself hours of
2: reading. I found a nice four minute summary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, I mean, the line you're talking about is the one I, I put up on my LinkedIn feed, which is schools were designed to produce good employees instead of employers. And uh, yeah, that really sort of seemed to hit a a a nerve with a lot of people agreeing that yeah you know at school you are literally taught get this GCSE get this grade and it'll get you a good job you're not taught you know okay so you might not get this grade you might not get this GCSE but you would be a fantastic business owner and therefore you should learn about taxes and and things like that taxes aren't even talked about at school you're not taught how to work out your taxes you got to employ people like Twigger to do that
2: yeah, yeah, put me out of a job if they do that. though. Oh, right. <laughs> this is thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I was just gonna say, they start bringing that in, there's no more twigs. Yeah, why, why are you doing the neck cut
0: oh, action for
1: me? Twigs, do you want it's me to stop playing? It. It? Or... Yeah. <laughs> you can always go and make pizzas, he'd be all right,
0: <laughs> but. It's so, yeah, the problem is schools at the moment are so linear. It is literally like you need to do this so you can get a good job. It's not you need to do this so that you
1: can create the next job. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you go back, we all remember the careers advisor when we sat in the room with that person, told mm. him what we wanted to be when we left school. Um, and And when you think about it now as an adult, if it wasn't something that was generally going into employment, then it, it wasn't really... Listen to you know when I was yeah. back at school, I was 15. I'd just done a talent show uh, at the age of 15, had my career. Robbie Williams, of... no, not back then. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have had to be the whole take that. He was part of the group that was were... <laughs> um, <laughs> such a fool. Um, but yeah, no, I remember saying I'm going to be an entertainer, and they said, Well, that that isn't really. A viable option it's not going to happen sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't uh what employment would you like to go to and i said i actually don't know and i went on and was an entertainer for 25 years so that pooed on that didn't it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know it's just you, at school you don't know what you want to be
0: so give them the tools to be whatever they want to be as they get older mm.
2: yeah so I appreciate we're going off on a bit of a tangent now, but I said careers, I think, has even dropped off further in schools since we were there in those days. Um, I know that I said work experience doesn't even happen these days. So kids just aren't getting that that work experience. Uh, even, yeah, the career support that they had even in our day, which, let's be honest, wasn't particularly great. Yeah. And you add that onto compounded with the the lack of real life knowledge about taxes. And I said, there's so many things that they should be teaching kids um and it's not being done but this is probably a conversation for another day or
0: it's all interesting it's all to do with finances and you know essentially for the next generation i mean would you give this book to your kids to read as they got to teenage obviously your kids are a bit young james but you know as they got to teenage years we would
1: love it
2: literally yeah
1: I think for me, I'd send him the YouTube link. Listen <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, this to this, 10 minutes is fine. <laughs>
0: or uh, So on on his website, on Robert's website, he's got a game. He's got a, a rich dad, poor dad game. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go on there and have a play on that. And that does give you a bit of an understanding on how finances work and things like that. And you can play it on your own. So if you're a sad boy like me with no friends, you can still play it. It's all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to say there's uh, there's a bit of the back of the book. I thought it was it was quite good. And that proves to you that I've actually gone to the back. I've read I've read from start to finish. That, or, yeah, nothing or in listened, the middle. Or I've listened while, to it yeah. from start to finish. All right. <laughs> um, but there's like some to do to-do's, chapter nine, mm. some to-do's, and there's bits like, you know, stop doing what you're doing, take a break and assess what's working and what's not working. And I actually did that last year. When we hit first lockdown. I sat and i thought right what's working what's not working it really helped me you know sometimes you don't do that don't sit back and you know make you know do those little things uh take classes uh, read which we're doing week on week and <laughs> and attend seminars obviously webinars are quite big at the minute you know go on and educate yourself you know this it's the best way to do it because we've said you don't get that you don't get the education you need for what you want to sure. do at school do you um, oh no there might be some teachers listed to this you know and fair play you do a good job but no, i I'm, I'm sorry but it doesn't work for me <laughs> it's not the teacher's fault it's the curriculum
0: isn't it really yeah, it is. Yeah. railroaded unfortunately
1: yeah and, well, and he mentions that doesn't he in the book it's like the, the the government uh want you to go into employment pretty much
0: yeah so the he's saying basically if you're on a pay scheme or if you're employed you are you are charged higher than if you're not essentially mm. you work for yourself If you've got, you know, he puts everything through corporations and owns nothing because corporations get charged a lot less VAT. So, yeah, from my point of view on that one, all the corporations at the moment have had money paid out to them for, you know, obviously the last year. I don't don't begrudge that in in the slightest. A lot of people have had money paid out to them. Through the furlough scheme, um, personally, I've not had a penny of that. I've not had a day of furlough. I uh, don't begrudge that either. But going forward, it's going to be us, the workers, that pay for that, rather than the corporations paying that back, isn't it? Really?
2: Well, <laughs> actually, I mean, okay. Well, in the in the UK, obviously, they announced that the budget that the corporation tax rate is going up from nineteen to twenty five percent. So, in reality, it will be the bigger corporations that have they're going to be suffering because if their profits are above 50,000, that's where they're going to be paying the higher rate of corporation tax. We are getting too technical and everybody's switching off. But there is an argument that the bigger multinationals are probably going to have tax specialists that will get their tax bills next to nothing. So no matter what happens there, the the tax burden will be less for bigger companies, which I think is kind of what you were saying.
0: Yeah, pretty much. If you want to go into more depth with with uh, with James on that one, then he does a, a daily. Is it still daily, James?
2: It's three times a week now, but it's uh, yeah, it's still. Or just pop strong. in the co-op. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go to your local co-op. James will be there somewhere. In
1: his is accounted for everything. Top. <laughs> you must be offering like co-op points with your customers. Uh, from, i, <laughs> yeah, I that, if yes. <laughs> you use accounting for everything with James Twiggy you get co-op points on every transaction <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like this has been a bit more of a serious um, chat this time I think because yeah, I think we've pretty reviewed ourselves as much as anything from the book kind of which camp do we sit in so it's made us actually think re- in reality whereas the other ones again it's more been more light-hearted uh, or just mocking the audio book <laughs> <for laughs> i don't but yeah know. It, i think we've all kind of yeah reviewed ourselves as much as kind of just reading this as a book and i think that's probably why it has been so successful yes there might be an argument that some of it is almost fiction in some case but it, yeah yeah, yeah um,
1: i think you're right there you know I, I said at the start of this it bored the pants off of me but even when you think deeper about a conversation about it there's certain parts of it that have made me think a bit about you know my mindset and everything so there's obviously something in there that works. Especially mm. well there's millions of people that are read it and they love it. So oh. I'm I'm one of few that don't
2: <laughs> and when I go home tonight and tell my wife that we're not buying the caravan now because Martin made me read a book and maybe think about how we spend <laughs> our money going forwards. It's fine. I'll blame it all on Martin. Great. No 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 Martin just says you need to rent it out to Martin. Um but we'll get <laughs>
0: on to that one that's off, that's off topic. <laughs> so i mean that kind of leads on to uh, would you recommend the book lee
1: the start of the book for that opening story yes um i'm gonna leave i'm gonna let people discover this for themselves but you will discover that people used to actually brush their teeth from lead lined toothpaste tubes disgusting so yeah for that bit yeah and for those little to do bits at the back of the book so basically cut out the middle and you'll save yourself hours of boredom and pain talking about taxes <laughs> on that subject over to you twigs
2: I, I do agree i do agree like i said i think it's the, the concept is great it's, it's been a very successful book I mean, when you again going back to his history i think he only had really one successful business just before he pushed the book so uh, he actually had a couple of failed businesses before he even kind the, the book made him the success and I said there might not be a holy truth, but like I said that first chapter that Lee was referring to might be uh, largely fiction.
0: <laughs> I would personally say, you know what? If you're like me and you've worked your entire life and the thought of starting a business fills you with absolute dread because you're worried about the financial implications of it, read the book. Um, it Even if it just opens your eyes to... How you're being used. I think there's a line in there that basically says, you know, if you're not working to fulfill your dream, you're working to fulfill someone else's. And it just kind of opens your eyes a little bit to things like that. So, yeah, I would recommend the book 100%. So, what are we reading next, boys? I don't know. Willy Wonka. Well, I tell you
1: what, thats that could be a business book, couldn't it? Well, it is because, look, one thing, it really annoys me. My child watches Willy Wonka pretty much on a daily basis, and they go on about this stupid, everlasting gobstopper, the invention of a lifetime. You buy it once, you're not buying it again. It's the worst business idea I've ever seen. I'm out of bankruptcy. Bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy one, and that's it. Where's your repeat customers? Come on, Willy, sort it out.
0: I just invested in that. I read, I read
2: Robert's book and it said invest in the good ideas so we really beating Willy Wonka and oh it's Charlie the Chocolate Factory Willy Wonka oh. was the, the film oh okay oh alright Mr. Producer here <laughs> <laughs> roll old nerd
0: alright we'll come in back next, next week Yeah, come back next time we might be reviewing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory yeah <laughs> thanks for Enjoy. joining us everybody
1: <laughs> Don't forget your golden
2: tickets. Thanks for listening to the Three Dads and a Business
0: Book podcast. Check back here for another one very soon.